I'm Scott Blakeman, getting through this in Manhattan, New York City. And I'm Tom Saunders in Los Angeles. Scotty, on this, your first full day in your new digs in the Upper East Side of Manhattan, let's, what do you say we pause for a moment to consider the time and effort required of your great migration from the misleadingly named Manhattan Beach on the far shores of the Atlantic at Brooklyn's Edge? Scotty, even with your thrilling box-by-box, memento-by-memento account of this Herculean relocation, I doubt if our loyal listeners can imagine how labor-intensive this move has actually been for you, Scotty. And our loyal and our disloyal listeners are probably even more clueless about the hardships, the long hours of packing, unpacking, and taking Ubers. And yet, throughout it all, you were able to do your part in producing a brand new Getting Through This podcast every single day, seven days a week, as we have for almost half a year. How did you do it, Scotty? Well, Tommy, I can explain it this way. Every day is a cause for celebration at Getting Through This. And that is, as you say, why we do the show every single day. Yes, not even sleep can stop us. So certainly a relocation move as rigorous and time-consuming and as taxing as it was certainly would not get in the way. And this is the whole point, Tommy. If doing the show gives us joy, as it does every single day, why would we arbitrarily limit our joy consumption because of some outdated scheduling construct? Why would we say, well, the show makes us happy, so let's limit said happiness to eh, two days a week. Now, Tommy, until the authorities add additional days to the week, which certainly is a fertile topic for future discussion, we will be here for you, our listeners, seven days a week. That is correct. And we certainly have been doing that and proving that week after week after week. Scotty, you mentioned that our podcast is never stopped by sleet. I'm glad you pointed that out because I don't think a lot of people realize that, that uh, if there's sleep storms at any point in the United States, this podcast <laughs> keeps going. And I wonder, Scotty, are we the only sleep-proof podcast? Right? <laughs> Let's not forget, sleep is one of the weather phenomena that only doesn't stop mailmen. Everyone else is stopped by sleep. <laughs> and in a way, I suppose we're kind of like mailmen, except we don't deliver letters or packages. But still, Scotty, I wonder... Should we worry about getting special sleep protective gear? Well, Tommy, I would say that we do deliver, not mail, not, not packages, but we deliver a fresh new podcast every single day. And, so true. Yes. And I would say that sleep is an odd thing. You know, with the mails, sir, they neither rain nor snow nor sleep. Sleep, so it's yeah. It's an odd addition. <laughs> it's an odd choice. Sleep is actually the most probably the most preferable and least annoying of the three. <laughs> and it's the rarest. Sleet is kind of like a mushy snow that's easy to shovel. No. Oh, I, I didn't understand. See, now I thought sleet was um, like icy, like, like, like pointy types of uh, water, you know, kind of H2O coming from the clouds, right? The sleet, it's like, like it's, to me, sleet seems sharp, like it's sharp. Icy. Uh, it's not like snowflakes that just flutter down. It's sleet. It comes slamming against you and it hurts. <laughs> well, that would no? certainly not. I think that's more like freezing rain. That's your enemy. That that's 
you know, freezing rain, no garlic. Oh, so sleet I, isn't freezing I, rain. To my knowledge or from my upbringing, maybe I've been led astray, but sleet was always a mixture of rain and snow that's kind of mushy. Look, it's not great walking in the city if you don't have a fine waterproof boot shoe, but it's certainly not going to stop you from, from delivering mail or doing anything. No one's going to ever say, yeah, that big meeting coming up. Yeah, I'd have you looked outside. It's kind of a sleet <laughs> condition. I'm not going out on that. Rain, sure. Snow, no problem. Sleet. <laughs> No way. No. So, but no, it's no, no. thrown but, in but there. If you're you a know. mailman, you don't have that uh, option. No. And if you're a, a, if you're Tom and Scott, uh, you, you laugh at the sleep. Scotty, I, our um, our crack research team uh, has come up with the definition of sleet as a form of precipitation consisting of ice pellets, often mixed with rain or snow. Uh, an example of using sleet in 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 a sentence it was sleeting so hard we could barely see scotty can you imagine uh well you uh, i i should never start a question with the phrase could you imagine the answer is always yes the answer is always yes Yes. Uh, uh your imagination has proven to be capable of of uh incredible fantastic alternate reality things terrible things that could have happened that haven't you know in a way it's it's great that we neither of us live in areas that are constantly bombarded with sleet you know like san francisco has fog by the way nobody says neither sleet nor hail nor fog will stop a mailman yeah from his, and you uh, could uh, argue uh, that Fog would be a de- more of a deterrent. I and mean, you can't get in that mail truck if you can't see. You can't even see the house where you're de- delivering the mail. You can't. So they don't say fog. I'm curious if we go back, Tommy, to that expression, as we always do. What was the origins of it? Was Did the sleet lobby want to have sleet in there? You know, sleet was made new well, then. And they said, we want right. to get some publicity. Get it in the mailman's motto that says uh, neither rain nor snow nor sleet. No, I don't think we can. No one knows what it is. Some people think it's sort of a mixed between rain and snow some people think it's icy uh just rain and snow. that's all you need icy pellets yeah. yeah some people well scotty i think that that's one possibility but then you wonder well who gets paid you know follow the money where's who 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 you know sleep the the lobbies always are involved you know you have to have money and and is there any money in sleep right <laughs> uh sleep removal yeah yes, yes. And, and and um the other thing though i think it may be the postman's union where they hammered it out what doesn't stop us from our appointed rounds uh sleet no 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 sleet should stop us no i think we should keep doing you know, they <laughs> argue it out and, just keep know, it a rain and snow that's the main that's what everybody let's knows keep it rain and snow uh, I, I really think we should we should add sleet well what about fog no 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 fog <laughs> keep that out no uh, definitely fog will stop and mail <laughs> we right? gotta have some things where we don't have to we go gotta on. have something yeah so that's probably what it was i think it was a labor union negotiation with the the federal government on what won't stop a, a postman yeah yeah well i guess they wanted uh, maybe yeah as you say maybe the government was pushing for fog uh that wouldn't stop them go look we're not going out in the fog we'll give you sleep <laughs> And that's how these negotiations <laughs> Which work. Is really good because yeah. sleet is fairly rare. It's rare, and it really—I mean, I know your freezing <laughs> ice jagged things are scary, and uh, I guess it's my sleet thing was always like, uh, it's like in New York, it would snow <laughs> and then quickly turn to sleet because it would get warmer, and you'd have these huge puddles, as you remember, Tommy. That that was it. Yeah. But it's not enough to go. Oh, boy, if I was a mailman, there's no way. 
I was delivering mail because of these puddles. Right. Because they have that. They used to <laughs> It'd be embarrassing to say, uh, there was no mail today. What? Yeah, did you see those puddles? Yeah, right. And also, the person that came up with that slow, that it's kind of a slogan, neither sl- rain nor sleet. It didn't say, you know, rain or sleet, nor nor snow, nor puddles. Like, you never said that, right? No. They left that out of the, the negotiation. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that, I don't think it's because puddles stop mailmen, but it's just, it sounds, you know, it's, it, it, it doesn't sound as heroic. Uh, rain, nor sl- snow, nor puddles. Yeah, puddles are like, your granny stop. can get around a puddle. Yeah, exactly. You know, so that I think that was more of a yeah sign of strength. All men, yeah. of course, we'd walk through puddles, and we don't let that deter us <laughs> from anything in life. And you know, and there was a little faction probably there going, "What about puddles?" You know, kind of the whinier <laughs> ones. That, and it, well, no, and that was shouted down by a huge margin. You know, there was the new guys like, "I don't really like puddles." Oh yeah, we don't. That, yeah, that wasn't even a debate. But what about puddles, though? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, we don't. That's not gonna. All right, they're pounding it out like what doesn't stop the the mailman and and so what else uh hurricanes apparently that does stop well i guess that mailman. falls under the rubric in some way because it does involve rain now wind frankly i now i would vote if i was in that meeting wind can be a deterrent i mean if you're having trees yes. falling or swaying and or your mail god forbid the mail blow i was you know and you've seen this in, in houses in your neighborhood in the palisades uh the mailman uh leaves his pouch whatever you call it to go in and i always wonder has there anyone ever just scooped in and slid and grabbed his mail pouch you know and i mean yeah i don't think anybody has interesting. in this neighborhood yeah i think people because nobody's figured that well, out. well that would be a burdensome yeah. crime because like oh god i gotta go through all this mail and i don't even like it no i don't want to go through my own mail uh, yeah and why would you want to go through stolen <laughs> mail and you feel like an idiot if you steal it and you don't go through it and it could be magazines you really don't like. Oh, I got to go. Oh, it's definitely going to be that. You know, it's circulars about houses yeah. for sale that you already get. Yeah, you right. already get. That would be a twilight this is zone. It's a pretty low crime neighborhood. Yeah. I, I leave my, I, sometimes I forget to bring my electric bike into the garage. It just sits out there uh, 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 on my uh, driveway right close to the sidewalk. Uh, and I'm, it's a miracle every time I see it hasn't been stolen, but nothing seems to get stolen. No, in and also, yet. very few people get checks in the mail anymore. You know, the checks in the mail, who really, you know, gets checks in the mail? It's all, uh, you know, right, demo or right. deposit or things. So basically. And, and we're encouraged not to send cash. Oh, so I always remember that. I remember once when I was <laughs> in my stamp collecting days, which, of course, will be a whole other show or many. Uh, yes. I think I literally send in a dime or a quarter for these things. And you would tape it to a piece of paper or something. But that was always saying, do not mail cash. Like, uh, But people would think of that. Like, well, we're going to mail some cash. I mean, I got some cash. Yeah. Uh, people used to mail cash. Yeah. yeah. And, and there was a time, if, if you tell people do not mail cash, that indicates that there was a time or there are people who would prefer to mail, put stuff, cash in an envelope and send it yeah, somewhere. Yeah. I, I suppose it might work, too. I mean, you know, if you if. You could probably do that. You could stick a. We should try yeah, it. Because See if it's possible to mail cash. Yeah, I mean, you write it, write the envelope. Who's going to think? I bet that's cash. I'm going to rip. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's probably just as safe as anything else. Obviously, I do. Here's something you shouldn't mail. When I moved out of one of my apartments, very apropos, Tommy. This was when I was living in a tiny, tiny, tiny studio. The one that I referenced on an earlier episode, where the exterminator mocked the 200 square feet studio by saying, "This is the whole apartment." So that was the one on. <laughs> 230 on East 84th. 
and yeah. I remember I had a mail, I give the keys back to the landlord and then I'd answer, I'd mail them. And so foolishly, I just plopped them in an envelope, but then it rained. And so I think all the keys just went through the hole. And I mean, they eventually, it, it wasn't a big deal, but uh, wait, wait, uh, I've had to mail okay, the keys to... back and you don't really plop keys. Oh, you mailed the keys and they, and they didn't. Well, I think what wait. happened was it rained. And so if you it got exposed to the elements, it weakens the bottom of the envelope and it just probably because i think i got oh, it returned to that's me. a really good cautionary oh boy thing. see nowadays yeah. we would use these kind of envelopes that have sort of that plastic interior you know yeah the, the bubble the, the kind of well they even sadly they mailing uh things that are you know not too well, fragile, bubble wrap sort things of and yeah well yeah kind of bubble i mean now yeah they, 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 these, these padded envelopes so you just get it well and, and sadly tommy the truth is uh full disclosure they had those in those days and i i didn't even do one of those stronger Manila coat, whatever those stronger business envelopes, just like an envelope. And I got it back because it was return mail and it just had the big hole in the bottom. So unfortunately it wasn't, it wasn't a diamond <laughs> key or a million dollar key to the fabric. I mean, I don't mean to laugh. There's a part of me. It's really funny. You heard me laugh just yeah. now, like a kind of like a certain type of highly intelligent hyena, <laughs> not just your regular yeah. hyena, but uh, I laughed really loud. And at the same time, I felt slightly sad about your keys being gone. Well, at the moment, so your story has, uh, you know, it makes you laugh. It makes yeah, you cry. Yeah, well, fortunately, it wasn't something. Like, it's got it. Every, it's got it. It does have everything. But fortunately, it wasn't valuable. If it was something like that was a, a rare family heirloom. And I thought, well, why not put it in an envelope? Uh, no, that would be <laughs> that would be haunting me the rest of my life. These were keys that, frankly, they make new ones yeah. anyway. And I but I thought, right. could somebody find them on the street and figure out that it was a new state? Yes. Before, and then they would break in. And then years later, I would. Yep. Be, traced to me and they said did you indeed mail this an envelope well, i didn't really know i didn't know that i needed a bubble wrap <laughs> and all the reporters would be gathered around yeah. well what were you thinking and then putting him shoving my yeah, well, i was rushing to get ready and i thought i put in the envelope i didn't know it was gonna rain and then the thing and uh all right do you regret that you didn't use one of these better uh, uh envelopes what about uh, uh, uh waterproof envelopes i guess that they must exist well, uh, I'm sure Rubber, rubber envelope. Uh, rubberized uh, envelope. Did you think of putting it in a rubber envelope? I, I've never seen that, but it is true, though. I mean, no, I, I've never seen it, but that doesn't mean. Well, they, they should be. Exist, That's actually guys. an amazing invention, Tommy, because we've always relied on these, you know, even business. <laughs> I mean, very important files. You, know, you put it in yeah. even the priority mail, expense mail things. That's just cardboard. If it gets doused in That's water, right. it's not protected. And That's yet, right. Uh, I mean. And plastic's bad for the yeah. environment, but rubber yeah, I mean, uh, comes from rubber I mean, trees. Tommy, this, you could be sitting on an invention that literally, I'm not exaggerating, you could be a millionaire just from that. <laughs> I mean, you would be a millionaire, Tommy. <laughs> I mean, that's people go rolling their eyes going, oh, come on. He's going to be a millionaire? Because how many millionaires yeah. are there? Like 20 in the whole wow. world. And you... Yeah, no, but, the, the, uh, uh, but you're right, Scotty. And... and um, uh, the question is, will I market it? You know, will I, that, that's, it's all marketing. marketing. Yeah, because you've done the hard right? stuff already. I've done the hard stuff, but you know, you gotta, you gotta bring it to, you gotta find your customers and, and, and so, but, and also, I guess what I could do is go on Shark Tank or something like that. Try to get an investor for rubber envelopes. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, oh, simply waterproof envelopes that do not, to my knowledge, exist. But, but also they're fun, you know, you can stretch oh, yeah. them and, and, and and they they expand to accommodate more letters. You know, the more I think oh, about it, rubber envelopes. Yeah, really an expandable envelope. It does not, I, Tommy, I, and I've been out there in the envelope world for many years, and uh, I don't think that exists. I mean, this, 
I'm I'm saying forget millionaire. I would say like one point two million dollars. You could be. I don't know what that's called. <laughs> but don't you wish we went back and that was? I wish they only yeah. had like fifteen millionaires because I mean those great stories. How to marry a millionaire? Marilyn Monroe. If we could only just marry a millionaire, there was something more quaint about it. And frankly, the millionaires still didn't yeah. live in you know these protect. They had like houses right on the street and like Warren Buffett. His house, I visited the outside of it, even now. You well, did? It's in Omaha, and it's listed publicly. And it was a very modest, a nice house. But, you know, just like anything in the Palisades where you go up and there's the front door. and the right. Yeah, he said that that, that he, 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 you know, he lives in this same house that he's lived in years. for many, yeah, many years. Yeah. And and uh, drives the same car, but flies. Well, and I. Yeah. And I would too. I, I, you know, that's certain things. Why not? Uh, Ray Romano had a that's funny right. line. I, I mean, I, I agree. Yeah. He he get if you don't live in a mansion, and you drive a Ford Fairlane or whatever yeah. it is that he drives, you are entitled to drive a private jet. I think, oh, absolutely. Just because of your hum, your it's a trade off. I mean, there's a list. You go look. Here's the house. It's not some McMansion. Uh, okay, you get credit on the private jet. Uh, Ray Romano, I went to. I missed what I do miss a lot. And uh, these screenings, being in the SAG after, uh, and you know, you'd get to see these films, and then the cast, and it was great to see the marvelous film, The Big Sick, and 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 Ray Romano was, you know, with panel uh, with uh, uh, Kumail Nijani and others, and Ray said that you know he doesn't want to sound like a, a jerk, but he he you know, he's so neurotic about planes that he flies private. He said to do this film to fly private, he actually lost money on the film, but uh, I think people should be allowed to fly private where he flies private all the time i think time. he does because and not because certainly we know ray is a very down-to-earth guy but i think it's because he just is so neurotic about regular planes that that's his one splurge that he does and um and it's it's appealing something about it but that's an interesting fact well about I, ray he Romano, mentioned the screening and it was fact. a good laugh line saying he you know cost so much that he, he lost money on the film because it was an indie film yeah. but actually i i like I like planes. I like airports. I don't find it. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm not rushing to one. Although I don't know. I mean, I, I like being. I think it would be kind of boring to be just you and the pilot and one other person. And you know, I mean, maybe if I had a taste of it, maybe I'd change my mind. But I like seeing people. I like the many flight attendants and that whole experience. And I love getting. Uh, and, and Tommy, you know, when you order a soda drink or it could be a juice, and somebody will say, um, "Can I have the can?" And they give you the whole can of Tommy. I feel yeah. like a millionaire at that moment because it's free drink. I could get the can of Coke or orange juice, whatever it may be. And I, because they don't, I don't assume you're going to get it. And you don't always certainly get it. And I just do that. Can I have the can? They go, you can see in their eyes for you. Yes. And it really, so. Yeah. It feels like a special. Uh, yeah. So you miss like that. A, a special yeah, offering. Yeah. Uh, if you get the, if they uh, permit you, because in that moment, <clears throat> you've turned the decision-making power over, uh, well, maybe the flight attendant always had that power. The flight attendant was like a, a, a uh, well, like King Solomon yep. in a way, in that moment, because it, it, the, 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 the attendant could say no, could say, no, you don't get the can, sir. What? No, we're just going to throw away the remaining <laughs> amount in this can. And in you front don't of get you, it. in front of Sorry. your very eyes. We're gonna pour it out. Uh, no, and I understand. Look, they have limitations. No, and and but but what you're saying is that in that moment the decision is very solemn. Sol yes. Solemn well, by the way, the quick aside: King Solomon was the first flight attendant. Now, a lot of you are saying I don't think they had planes in his day, 
but no, flight they... existed before in some way. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, uh, that's it. Well, what I yeah. heard, and 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 uh, that that's I've heard that. Yes, uh, I think a lot of people have heard that rumor that King Solomon was the first flight attendant, and then and then they're begging the question, but they didn't have planes back then, and then they <laughs> and then the answer is. Well, it's in the Old Testament. Are you are you anti God? You know, that's, <laughs> you it becomes a really bad back and forth. But I think uh, what what my understanding, and this is after lots and lots. I mean, these people who at Princeton Theological yeah. Seminary, they believe that what it is is that he set the pattern for how do you behave as a flight attendant. It wasn't that they had planes at the time, but he knew they would exactly. have planes. And he laid down the rules for uh, okay, uh, if you give if if somebody asks you, can I, can I finish the can? You, uh, uh, it, yes, it is always up to the judge in this case, the flight attendant. Right, and, and actually, is that was the word judge. they used. I, I think I was being a little flip this week. They didn't call it a flight attendant. Of course, they were looking, but they, they didn't, didn't call judge. it a flight it attendant. A judge. Yeah, but, but judge of yeah. any sort and flight attendant calls it. But that, that that was thought to be, uh, and and really, there there is a whole um, uh, school of thought about uh, at, at at Princeton Theological Seminary. I, I think, by the way, this is very well, speculative uh, biblical study we do. On now. It's a new area, yeah. Right. Yes, it's speculative. I don't have any so-called proof that this is actually happening at the Princeton Theological Seminary, but I am as, but just based on what you say, I can assume that. They're looking into this whole thing of did Solomon know, and why wouldn't he know? I mean, if he's if he's such a wise person, wouldn't he realize figure out? Well, obviously, someday there's going to be planes. Obviously, they're going to have there's going to be these things called cans that'll have beverages yeah. in them. He may not have, you know. Why doesn't he, he's a very he wise? wise person, I'm not saying he, I'm he would saying. know the word plane. Maybe he thought they were flying tents. You know, he wouldn't get big. Maybe yeah. You know, yes, the idea he would have right, and, and maybe it wouldn't be. Cans no, would be goblets that are sealed, enclosed goblets. You know, little. I'm not making be a stickler <laughs> for this. He was he was on to it. But right, 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 right. We have, no. That's a very good point. That he's not going to use the modern no. terminology, but he's going to use, as you say, enclosed <laughs> yeah. goblets and and yeah. flying tents. And, and 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 but and that's the question. And and again, I, I, it would mean that I'd have to open a Bible and you know check this out. And um, as a speculative theologian, you don't no. do that. That's not what we no. do. That's not how we approach it by actually opening the source, the religious source uh, material. Uh, that's not speculation. Exactly. Right? Well, in, a, in a sense, Tommy, all religion is speculation because there's really no documents, yeah. pictures. So it's all speculative. So we basically what you're saying, what I'm saying is when we get a call, which we will, and I, I hope it's not overwhelming because the Princeton divinity, the Harvard divinity people, all the wonderful divinity schools. Yeah, well, they're gonna, and they're all going to want each other. Princeton and they're all going to want to hang out with us. And again, they're great people. And once we can gather more freely, I'd be happy to do it. But it can't be every week. Just to, that's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> they're not great people, but they have to understand that there's other people we have to meet with, or some days you just want to hang out by yourself. Right, and, right, right, right. No, that's a good point. Uh, and and just to let people know, because obviously we'll be very yeah. flattered. It's given that we just came up with this speculative theology. We've never done any theology before this. So, you know, you think of people who spent their lives, you know, studying uh, uh, the, the uh, you know, studying these ancient texts. 
may never get to Princeton Theology's uh, no. uh, Institute. And we are just going to stroll in. Yeah, welcome then. If what you're saying is true, I think they will. Well, well, after a big bidding war between Harvard and Princeton, and we we, we may go, go Harvard. You know, because I mean, those schools, there's Georgetown, there's Jewish Theological Seminary. I mean, there's so many great ones. And again, we welcome it. It's just yeah. that I hope they understand that it can't have a standing Thursday lunch date. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, we could change it. It could be a Wednesday. It could be, hey, guys, can we do it in two weeks? And they're not going to go, I don't believe in God anymore. So, you know, I hope that's not their reaction. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> So I'm just, you know, plan. No, that's yeah. very important that we that that we, we just make it clear. And I think actually, if we make it clear now, it'll avoid the awkward conversation about well, you will be showing up at at the luncheon yeah. every Wednesday. You know, I mean, that's just will be expected. Um, or ad that is, <laughs> uh, we have to do this. Yeah. But, and, but then they'll say, yeah, but. We'll, we'll, we'll work around your podcast. What do we well, say? Well, then they can go, you know, the virtual thing. We're on Zoom. We'll eat lunch on Zoom. We have soup. And, you know, again, uh, we'll figure out. But we'll be there for them. And just I think they'll understand that, uh, you know. No, I, I think you're raising a really yeah. good point, though. And it's kind of a red flag here because if they're going to try to own <laughs> us and just Princeton Theological Seminary is going to say, uh, you know, even if it's a Zoom luncheon, that's going to be that we, we have to put on a suit and tie and stand in front of our computers Zoom or whatever it is, however Zoom works. Divinity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, again, we'll, we'll see. I mean, this is a very uh, thing. And, and actually, yeah. it ties in with our initial thing, doing the show every single day. Schedules are important. Yes. Uh, but we'll, we'll leave it at that. We will make time for the divinity people, the historians. All the fields that we're in that they're going to want our expertise are, which we never thought we had yes. until we started doing this. Uh, you know, it will be available for them, but I think they'll have to understand you can only eat lunch so many times a week. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. And what what kind of lunch? Like, let's say you did go to the the, the Princeton, you know, seminary uh, seminary cafeteria. Uh, well, I know they call it dining uh, dining cafeteria, cafeteria, right? Like, what I what, think it's what, very what is that like. You well, know? like, first of all, I think serve? it's very uh, ornate and very men's clubby. You know, gentlemen, a very beautiful, plush, uh, yes. beautiful place. It's not a cafeteria. It's not some modern. thing. No, no, no. It's more like a, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a yeah. commentary. I'm sure it's beautiful. Like I'm, sure a, a, I'm sure they all have great dining facilities. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're not judging the dining facilities. We're not saying, Hey, I don't know if we can do lunch every week. I'm not that thrilled with that dining facility. No, that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Well, I don't know, Scotty. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering about. Like if it, let's say, okay. Uh, Princeton theologically, they've yeah. heard this podcast, this, this very podcast where we speculated on King Solomon knowing about, the future of, you know, uh, of the, the 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 judgmental dilemma of the flight attendant being asked to pour the remaining amount of yeah. soda from a can, right, and and making the right decision or the wrong decision based on solemnic um, kind of theology. That's going to, I mean, that's going to rock the world of, of yeah. theological study. That's going to cause, I mean, everybody's going to want yeah. Oxford. I mean, yeah, they have a theological, yeah. you know, I mean, do you want, do, uh, maybe that, but then I, I do worry about the food. At it Oxford. might be a little I bland do. or, I'm, or I'm you know, be very um, honest I, mean, I think it's gotten better. It's British. It's yeah. British. It's old but school maybe they've gotten British a little food. bit. I've heard in general, the restaurants are better now. So I'm hoping that, 
Yeah. Oh, they are. In London, the restaurants are, were amazing. Yeah. So I years think ago, hopefully Oxford will better. be picking them. And also lunch could be a simpler meal uh, as long as it's not, you know, porridge. <laughs> I'm sure they've gone beyond that. I don't want to be a, you know. I, I mean, that's, but that's kind of like what you have to, and it, and it seems like you're looking at, you know, like you're being ungrateful to their offer. I mean, they've given this flattering offer. Please move to Oxford, spend the rest of your life at the theological seminary, everything will be paid for. You will be honored, revered, allowed to give a lecture. You will have to have lunch, however, every Wednesday. Uh, and uh, again, we're saying it's Wednesday. It could Usually, be those are the two days for divinity know. lunches. I think. It, I assume Sunday. so. I, I assume that would be, yeah. you know, uh, blasphemy. No. Uh, but no. uh, but it's nice to think about it, Tommy, and we welcome because we are again, and this is the great. Yeah, it, uh, is, we're an it is nice, you know. I mean, apart from the from the just the dilemma about the food, yeah. the quality of the food thing, that does bother me a little bit. Like, like, what if? Listen, just suppose we go. Okay, let's do Georgetown. Yeah. You mentioned Georgetown, yeah, it's yeah. in Washington D.C., and we feel like, hey, let's let's change things up a, a bit and li live in D.C. I think yeah, we there's a whole changes fun, there. Right? U Street Carter, all that. And again, we don't have to pull up stakes. And by the way, how many people live? on stakes these days anyway that you have to pull up and take him with you talk yeah. about my moving imagine if i had to bring stakes with me to the upper east side and an uber i well, mean that exactly. was really in addition to the <laughs> you, in addition to the contract you bag and you by the way is a quick thing for those baited breath uh, baited breath updates i emptied most of the contractor bag uh this morning because i just didn't want it sitting there and it's almost like an ernie kovacs routine where people keep coming out of the bathtub it was endless <laughs> and it even had a hole in it so I yeah. developed a hole in a contract. Oh my bag. God, that's amazing! I mean, that's almost unheard of in the oh. contractor, and I probably could get a right. rebate or a huge settlement from the contractor bag industry. And uh, <laughs> well, for our disloyal uh, listeners, I just want to up uh, just rem uh, uh, and remind our loyal listeners: we were talking about your big contractor bag, which is a big, yeah. heavy plastic bag that uh, uh, that carpenters and such uh, use to yeah. put uh, debris in. And haul it away. You've repurposed one to haul over uh, uh, precious well, it's a precious item. Picture of everything, your, uh, including, uh, including my Skippy peanut butter new... and a half a jar of Stop and Shop strawberry preserves. <laughs> I just didn't want to throw it out. You so, know? so yeah. So and now you're saying you're half. I almost half I got it down now. to very little, you... and I didn't want it lingering because you know I have a tendency as procrastinators, and that yeah. and actually I still have boxes, but that one I said I want to. Get, and I had a, suit, a giant suitcase in yeah. the contractor bag. I extricated that. I had to pack that, <laughs> unpack that. It's almost, it was really comical and actually turned out, and this is the topper, there was a contractor in the bag at the bottom. I had no idea, Tommy. No idea. Oh, well, he was very, no he was idea. fine. That's, he was and, fine and with it. He was like, kind of actually was funny. He said, well. Because <laughs> I would think he would be low on oxygen because it's, it's, it's well, plastic and and there's no holes in it, but you said it developed that it a hole, created a hole. Maybe that was where the contractor poked a hole. Well, and also he benefited Scotty. by my poor knot that actually had some holes. So my <laughs> in it, my poor knot skills actually gave him life. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, fortunately, <laughs> that, and we have to tell kids that's another reason not to become a <laughs> even Boy though it's Scout, in bankruptcy is, and, and all their other ills. Yeah, no, no, no. That that there's the first yeah. reason to not be a boy, boy scout is the reason yeah. that it got to be bankrupt. 
But the second reason is maybe those knots could result in uh, a, a well-tied knot could result in exactly. tragedy, as you and, pointed out, Scotty, in this in this contractor battle. And I hasten uh, to add for fiasco. legal purposes, too, that please do not get in a contractor bag for any reason, even for a well-timed joke at a party or to impress somebody. Don't. That's yeah. not it's not meant for that. Right. That's an old on Lester's episode. We said, no. oh, was there a dead body there? No. Even if and frankly, even if I hope you never get involved with dead bodies don't even put them in there so don't put bodies no. of any kind living or dead and, and in also that. If, if, if never not dead, dead, yeah. dead or, or alive just put, uh, right uh, uh, bodies and, and and i do want to add scotty just to 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 add to your point um that we uh <clears throat> we are men of comedy so a lot of what we say is actually uh, calculated to create laughter uh and and uh, so keep that in mind when whenever you're thinking of doing exactly, exactly what we talk about doing right whenever you replicate it do remember that the, the point of this podcast is, is is well there is a let's just I, I i don't know how to put it in a in layman's terms but there's a yes, comic it's, element it's not always to be to taken literally say. in that sense that you're climbing into contract. Right? So right. enjoy the, the humor. And, and by the way, <laughs> you know, but not climb in one. That, it won't, first of all, it's not going to help the humor. It's not going to be a better laugh if you do it. So we're, we're saving you that trouble. Just laugh and move on. Uh, and put videotapes and old cassettes, as I did, which weigh 50 pounds. Yeah. Uh, that's what you should do with it. And I'm grateful. Yeah, no, that's how you deal yeah. with a contractor bag. And there, I have a feeling there's more things. Oh yeah, there's more to this story. I I, I didn't think we it would have so much. Well, legs, and again, Tommy, one last defensive procrastinators because had I been a well, you know, gave it weeks, very methodical, <laughs> and I had everything marked in this, we would have, you know, I could have told you and been a, a cute maybe one episode. This is a lifetime of of stories from this, and it's well worth it to be a procrastinator because you have it, and as long as it works out in the end, which it did, it's much more enjoyable. Uh, along the way. And I'm glad to have gotten to talk about it. As you said, my first full no. official day here as a Manhattan resident. And uh, uh, until tomorrow, I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman. I'm still Tom Saunders. And we're